Hey, it's Allie. And Jenny. And if you like what you're listening to on Once More With Commentary, we would love it, love it if you guys would subscribe either from iTunes or Google Play, because that's where we are. And we'd also love it if you would take a moment to rate and review us on either of those platforms. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to Once More with Commentary, a Buffy podcast. I'm Ginny. And I'm Allie. And today we have a special guest with us. She's back. Yay. Hello. Hi, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about Spike this time, though. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. Yeah. But we are talking about, like, we're getting towards the end of season three, so he's about to come back. And yeah, I was some, a little yeah. disappointed. I said to Allie, I thought we were going to do the finale. Said, <laughs> I know. Well, we took a week off for Thanksgiving, so I'll survive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yep. the prom is, like, a pretty, it's up there, I think, so. It's, it's pretty good. And I said to Allie, there's something that happens in that episode that I think I actually brought up the last time I was on the podcast. Mm. So it's Tying it together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so this week we're talking about uh, choices and the prom, which are the, we're almost like the next two episodes of the finale. So we're we're getting there. Yeah. But um, so you guys are together because you celebrated Thanksgiving together, which was sweet. And I never left. And you just stayed there. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm gone. From what I see on Instagram, Claire's just been feeding you. Yes. Pretty much that's what happened. Like, it actually has been lovely because usually, I mean, I like cooking and I cook for myself, but like literally Claire wrote a menu on the wall and like nice. fed me different <laughs> things all week and it was amazing. I just that like did amazing. the dishes. Yeah. I should, I should say I, I have the menu up every week. Oh, okay. It's fancy. Wow. It's fancy around here. No, it actually just keeps me accountable because if I think about ordering a pizza, I'll have to look at the wall and say, oh, right. well, it's going to make something healthy for dinner. Yeah. But she did leave Friday blank, and we ordered a pizza last yeah. night. <laughs> <laughs> balance, balance. The pizza was pretty good, actually. Yeah. What so do you? Sorry, is it a chalkboard? Is it a dry erase board? I I've it's always a, wanted one, but I've never gotten around to it. We came close one time. We did. It's a fancy round chalkboard okay. from Target. Okay. On a Maybe nice little that. brass chain. I think they mm. still sell them. I write my menus in a, a like a Google Doc. Which is helpful for like organizing myself and for making my grocery list, but it doesn't have that uh, accountability factor that you're bringing up. So I feel like it would still be helpful to like write it out. <laughs> and it's good for significant others who come exactly. home and say, "What's for dinner?" And yeah, say, look at the wall. <laughs> okay, well let's uh, I guess get into it. We're yeah. doing choices, choices, and consequences. I made that joke last time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I, I like these episode titles, but yeah, like it just from a like when we when we're talking about it beforehand, like choices, enemies, uh, consequences, all of those blur together to me. So I don't know which one is which until we actually watch them. I mean, it's kind of fun because it's nice to not have it totally set in your head. Um, but yeah, choices is one that I really, really liked. Uh, but so just to kind of give our little <laughs> my attempt at a summary of this episode, um, you know, we're we're jumping off of we know that Faith is working with the mayor. The Scooby gang knows that she's working with the mayor, too. Um, so this episode opens. He gives her a gift and it's like a super dangerous dagger <laughs> knife dagger. I'm going to say dagger. Mm, yeah, I think they name it such later, but I forget. 
Um, and he's also gives her a mission. He wants her to go pick up this package for him at the airport. Um, meanwhile, Buffy and Angel are like fighting demons together. And it kind of is like, they're having this like fun moment in their relationship. I think where like things are going really well, but they also start talking about the future because it's coming on that time when all the seniors are getting their college acceptance letters and Buffy's trying to decide what she can do for college, but also what they're going to do relationship wise. Um, so focusing back on the like Slayer aspect, uh, she Buffy decides that they need to be more proactive about the mayor. They know about the Ascension, but they don't know much about it. And they don't really know what the mayor's next move is. So instead of like waiting around for something to happen, she, um, wants to just like end this part of that is because she wants to prove to the watchers that she could like leave Sunnydale for a minute for college. But anyway, um, so they kind of come up with this plan to break into the mayor's office. Meanwhile, faith is picking up this package, kills another guy, um, and yeah, they execute, <laughs> I'm getting so lost. This is the worst summary I've ever done. Anyway, they execute this like uh, heist plan, basically Buffy, Angel and Willow to break into the mayor's office and steal this box that they found out he has. Um, it's sort of successful, uh, but they get caught and Buffy and Angel are able to escape, but Willow gets left behind. Um, unfortunately that means that even though they've successfully taken this box from the mayor they're gonna have to exchange it give it back to him so that they can get willow back um so that's sort of where the episode ends they do this exchange so they've sort of done a lot of work and ended up with not that much luckily willow while she was stuck in city hall uh stole some pages out of the books of ascension that the mayor has so she knows like a tiny bit more you know they they have a little bit more information to go off of but basically they're back where they started and the mayor has said some very hurtful things to them. That's right. <laughs> so maybe net negative, but hard to say. Oof, sorry, that was sloppy, but... There's a lot that happened. There's a lot. Always it a lot of pieces. It was good for me. I was trying to remember what happened in this episode, so <laughs> that was excellent. Well, I think that's the problem with this episode always is, like, it comes at the end of the season. You know it's important to do with the mayor and Faith and, like, everyone. And honestly, the only choice I ever remember is that Willow decides to stay in Sunnydale. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good one, though. It is, but that's the one thing about this episode that I always remember. And then, like, when we started watching it, I forgot about the Mission Impossible heist and, like, all this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> it totally was a Mission Impossible heist. Yeah. Um, I forget about that part with Willow. So that part made me really happy. It was, like, a pleasant surprise. Yeah. This is why um, I wanted you to do the recap of that one, because, like, I was going to remember that one thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I don't know where where the best place to jump in is but i feel like talking about buffy and her like college prospects is interesting um notably so buffy has gotten into some pretty good schools which is like we've we've talked about before i think you believe it less than i do but even i am a little bit like mm, i don't know good sat scores aren't enough to make up for your like one point something GPA that you maybe have. Thank you. <laughs> Claire got mad at me because I was like, Buffy would not get into Northwestern. I think she wouldn't get into Northwestern. Well, you're forgetting she probably wrote a hell of an essay about being a teenage slayer. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have definitely gotten her flagged and thrown out immediately. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, I believe her getting into UC Sunnydale. Um, 
But I think it's interesting that... Like, they've been like, oh, Buffy, you're going to, like, some other school in the Midwest or something. Like, just to, like, somewhere elsewhere, like, that would have been... But I I feel like they picked it because everybody knows it's a good school. Mm -hmm. And everybody also knows it's in the middle of the country and therefore far from California. Mm, So from a writing perspective, it was like, what school could conceivably she get into that everybody knows... That's not yeah. like, I got into Harvard. I was going to say, it's like not like an Ivy League school, but it is a good school. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't actually really know which are the Ivy Leagues that well, so <laughs> it's, I was it's, worried that I just said that and it was totally wrong. <laughs> I'd say it's the tier under. Okay. It's like, it's, I think it's about on par with like BU. Okay. And Northeastern. Um, yeah. <laughs> I include you too, Claire. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> I only Claire still... gave me a look like, hey... <laughs> I still only know the the California school system, so that's why I I think UC Sunnydale is a, is a is a good that's like feels right to me. She totally would have gotten in there. That's yeah. probably like a lower tier UC. You know, obviously it doesn't really exist. Um. Anyway, um, I like that Joyce mentions that. You know, they're talking. She's worried about like financially how they're going to make it work, and she kind of has this throwaway line about like, well, if your father pitches in. So I I don't know. I guess I don't like it. It's terrible that Buffy doesn't have a good relationship with her dad. I just think it's interesting that they do go out of their way to kind of like mention it here and there, you know, so that further on down the, down the seasons where when he's not involved and he should be, it, it is believable, you know. It is bizarre to me that like we've gone from like her staying with him for the summer and him buying her all this stuff to like questioning whether he would help pay for college. Yeah. I mean, that just feels like sloppy writing and like that like, it was just, like, they, they needed to come up with a reason to, like, get him out of the picture, I think. But that stuff was that season. That was the beginning of season two. So it's well, been okay, two years. yeah, but, like, him not, not showing up and going on, like, a business trip or something. But, like, I mean, it's it's bizarre to be, like, if your dad pitches in, like, why wouldn't he pay for his only child to go to college? Like, I, I'm not sure be, like, that. I feel like. Man. I think it checks out based on just other things that they say about him because at some point down, I mean, these are not spoilers, right? Like he's not in the show anymore. So, right. (laughs) Um, I guess that's a spoiler maybe, but not really. Um, he has like a new wife and I think maybe later he maybe does have a new family. Maybe I just, maybe I just read, maybe that was just my assumption, but I'm pretty sure he he was just like in Europe. He remarries though. I think, I think the assumption is that he's like got a young hot thing now. Oh, Hmm. And like not is less interested, but I'm projecting, <laughs> not projecting. That's not based <laughs> on my own life. I don't know. I just, that's just the assumption that I've always made. But I feel I'll like after the birthday thing, that was a pretty big slight to Buffy. So I think it's believable that he's been like less and less involved. Yeah. But I mean, that's like emotionally involved. I guess I just assumed that's he was true. Still yeah, he would still pay. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, maybe um, he's, maybe that's just Joyce yeah. editorializing. Maybe. And it's also a moot point because we know Buffy's going to Sunnydale. So, right. Yeah. Um, faith ruined everything. Right. Yeah. To be clear, UCs are also expensive, but whatever. Maybe they'll qualify for enough. Not compared to aid. Northwestern. It's like uh, not in my experience. It might. It is half the price, but in my experience, private colleges will give you half tuition, so yeah, <laughs> it ends up being this, the same thing. Yeah, this was also you know what 1999, so mm-hmm. who knows what they were paying to go at that mm-hmm. point. So I should look yeah. it up. How much was UC Sunnydale? Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. I, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, they've been talking about this off and on again in season three, but like kind of this idea that Buffy can leave Sunnydale. I'm curious how feasible you think that is. Even if she had, her plan had gone correctly and they had defeated the mayor in this episode, you know, can she leave Sunnydale or can't she? 
Well, I think it's really short-sighted. Like, I think she's really grasping to try to find some way to make it work. And Mm -hmm. she's kind of saying, like, you guys can keep the low-level stuff at bay. And, like, Mm -hmm. that's probably true. But, like, what we've seen is, like, almost every other week, it's not low-level stuff. Exactly. It's It's never low-level. It's, like, some big crisis. So, like, I think it's a little bit naive of her to think that she could make that work. But I think... Mm at the very least, she would want to try it for, like, a semester to see. Right. Because, like, the whole point was supposed to be that, like, she could do this and Faith could stay on the ground, which is extremely unfair to Faith, except right. where else is she going to go? Yeah. So I think that was the whole plan. And, you know, now that Buffy got into this school, she's a little bit unwilling to just decide right off the bat that it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an interesting point because what I kept thinking about was, and I, you know, I get that the point was she was sort of, lured to Sunnydale in the first place. But what if she had grown up in New York City? Right. She would be in New York City. She wouldn't be in Sunnydale. So, you know, Slayers can be everywhere. And Kendra was from... Where was she from? Some... I'm pretty sure it was Jamaica, but I could be wrong. Okay. But I think that they contrived to get the Slayer where they want them. Like, they, they got... Buffy's mom, like, the job at the art gallery. Mm-hmm. And, like, like, Giles got the job at the school. Like, I think they contrived to yeah. have her in Sunnydale. Yeah. I guess that's true. It's just, I was just thinking about it. You know, they can pop up everywhere, so why... Right, right. You know, and... and why wouldn't she be able to leave? place. Yeah. But it is a hot spot. A hell mouth, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, Faith was slaying in Boston before. Right. So, yeah. It is interesting. Uh, it is funny, too, because I knew that this was her plan. You know, the thing about, like, well, Faith can stay here, and that means I can go. But uh, not to take Faith's side too much, but, like, that's really messed up. Yeah. It's not, it's not, Faith isn't totally wrong, like, in, you know, her assessment of, like, where she fell into this group of people. Like, she was definitely not getting she was totally the treated plan. fairly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, when, when Willow later gives her this speech about, like, you could have had friends like Buffy, it's like, I mean, Buffy did have ulterior motives and multiple times with Faith to, like, Faith isn't wrong for not trusting her. She's obviously wrong for becoming a psycho murderer, but, like, you know, I don't know. That relationship was never going to really work. <laughs> it's a layered evolution to psycho murderer. You know, yeah. there's been some slights. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Faith definitely was not wrong that she... Right, like she had definitely, there were injustices, but her reaction to them was incorrect. Of but, course. <laughs> um, but, it, it, you know, that's something I thought about when they were talking earlier in the season about Buffy going away and Faith staying. And it's like, I think yeah, the assumption is like... Yeah, they never asked Faith about that. No, and I think the <laughs> assumption is like, Faith doesn't have anywhere else to be. And so, yeah. like, they would keep her there. But, um, and who knows, maybe Faith would have taken that as like a promotion of sorts to be like mm-hmm. the main slayer while Buffy's off in college. But right. Um, it is interesting though that Buffy's probably considering a future in a way that most previous Slayers didn't because they're right. dead at this point. Yeah, so, um, and not I wonder and how not allowed to go to regular schools. You know. Yeah, well, I wonder how frequently the subject of college actually comes up with Slayers. That's a good question. I mean, also we're talking about a history of having young women in this role, so probably hasn't come up too much one based on the early death and also like women have only been in college at this yeah. point for you know. 50 years mostly yeah. so I mean it's a good point so she's probably the first how would that work in the 50s like some 18 year old and they're like it's time to get married and she's like I can't I have <laughs> <Yeah>. to slay <laughs> well I'm assuming she was just dead so yeah. it didn't matter she could marry the watcher Ugh. yeah yeah that's gross sorry <laughs> um hmm yeah so yeah I mean her her plan is definitely naive um I understand why she's trying, but yeah, it's just not realistic. 
It almost I mean, seems, though, Nora, like she's trying for her mom's sake. Like, because that's true. Joyce is so gung-ho that she kind of got Buffy, like, you know, wrapped up in it. Because they're talking about mm-hmm. how her mom's in denial. And, right. Yeah. It's you know, I think point. Buffy's like, well, maybe we could try. But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, at least if she goes and tells her mom, like, no, I can't. I have to stay at Sunnydale. Like, she'll tell her they really thought about it. And there's right. just no way it's going to work. Right. Um, but speaking of the future, what do you guys think of... Buffy and Angel, like, basically talking about, like, a long-term future at this point. Like, she's talking about when she's 50, and, like, it's, like... Yeah. Obviously, she's this young girl who hasn't, like, thought through the ramifications of this relationship, as we'll find out. But, um... I thought it was really interesting. Like, they're already talking about, like, oh, next year when we're hanging out, and, like, you know, Angel's trying to say, like, last week I took you to see some fire demons, and that wasn't that romantic, or something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, like... They already sound like an old married couple, whereas a few episodes ago they were barely together, so it's just yeah. a weird. I do think the progress is is quick, but um, but I think it's a I don't know I think it, it comes off to me like a realistic conversation, if that's the question. Yeah, I I I think it sort of plays into this whole i the ideal version of what the future is going to look like, and then the cold hard reality she has mm-hmm. to face. Of what it's yeah. actually going to look like. It's going to be a lot lonelier, a lot closer to home. Not so many opportunities. Hmm. And I, you know, we all know what happens in the next episode, but... Right. I think they were both just kidding themselves. Well, even at the end of this one, the mayor's little speech to them... That one always I mean, kills me. <laughs> he's not wrong. That's the worst he's thing. Completely like, right. He's completely right. he's lived this relationship already, and yeah. he knows what it's going to be like. Yeah. I actually really liked that dynamic of this episode and sort of the next one too is it's like cordelia and the mayor are the only ones saying things honestly um and realistically so it is just it just makes it so painful i think like every time when the mayor gives that speech it's like he's not even he's doing it i don't know i sorry not to kind of just jump ahead but like i don't know that he's even making that speech in his like villain capacity i think he honestly at least a, a large portion of it is his own regret about his own life you know or like he really did seem to love his wife based on, you know, the few snippets of his life that we've seen. I'm not questioning, you know, his commitment to his wife. So like when he gives them this speech about how awful and terrible it was for him and how, you know, like, I think he a little bit is like, you're the only people that are ever going to experience the same thing. And I have to tell you this. Yeah. I think it's also, he's taunting them. You know, he's, his whole attitude is kind of, you can't stop me. You're not smart Mm -hmm. enough to stop me. And, oh, by the way, you're so stupid, and let me tell you why, and this is one of the reasons, is you actually think you could have a relationship. Right. Do we ever find out how the mayor became um, ageless? I think it's part of the process, right? No, because he was talking about his wife died, like, Right, he's already ago, immortal. So he's been immortal for a really long time. But didn't Faith say he built the town... Yeah. So that it was all in a setup to the ascension. So I, th- mm-hmm. I think it was a very long game, like centuries long. Right. But I don't know if he was just always immortal or he, like, they never talk about, like, how he became immortal. I think you're right. I don't think that, that they've said. But I, I, I think, I mean, my understanding is that he's human who yeah. made deals with demons to get the powers that he needed. So I think I, I would assume that at some point he negotiated with a demon somehow to get immortality. Yeah. Or cast a spell. You know, he's definitely proficient enough in magic. Yeah. Um, also, this this episode is kind of the mayor's coming out party in terms of, like... Yeah. Like, he tries to hide when Snyder first shows up at sure. the, the drop, but then he, like, 
Snyder's kind of called the police, so he kind of steps He's out. Like, and, um, and yeah. <laughs> which is weird because Snyder already kind of knows like the mayor is like shady. But what does Snyder think about? I feel like up until that point, Snyder thought that the mayor had his own plans and he was happy to just go along with them. But I'm not sure that he thought he was evil. You know, I, mean, I don't even know how he's reading this situation at the school. Where I know. I really like was just like, like what does he think is going on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I was wondering about that too, though. I, I, I feel like before this, Snyder just thought like, oh, the mayor is taking care of the city. So I'll just trust him. Whatever he says is the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, but, but I don't yeah. know if that's, yeah. But, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter in the long run. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so how about the mayor's seamless delivery? I thought that was pretty well done. Just fly in some spiders from Argentina. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's where I or, like to get my demonic spiders from. But, again, so did he order them? Were they coming to him, or were they supposed to go to somebody else? Why did Faith kill that guy? Just because she's I, on a spree now. It was unclear if they killed him so that there was no trail or if he interrupted mm. a shipment. I don't know. Okay. He kind of said it like it was all set up, but... Yeah, I think I think you're right, but... Also, it seems like they're really precious cargo that you... Like, there wouldn't just be a chance, like, shipment that they could interrupt. Is like, they, it seems like they intentionally Right, someone them. would need it, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, he didn't eat the spiders yet, huh? No, That's not yet. That's one of my favorite scenes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Spoilers, everyone. He's going to eat them. Um, yeah. Uh, a thing that I was surprised about, because kind of going back to what you were saying, I think you're right that this like Angel Buffy relationship has really progressed a little bit too quickly. And I think, you know, it's because they've decided that Angel's getting his own show. Right. So they've got to like establish everything and wrap it up in not that much time. Um, so like that part is unfortunate. But that being said, I... You know, because I don't, I don't love Buffy and Angel together, and that's like not my whole thing. I forgot how much fun it is to watch them in these episodes, though, where they're like just fighting together, and like heisting together. <laughs> you know, like they're like they are having cool little adventures. And I, this was an, this was definitely like one of the first time, not first times, but like this was a time where I was like, oh, they do have something there that I appreciate and like watching. Yeah, um, it was like he's co-slaying with Buffy, like where Faith used to go on patrol with her. Angel's mm-hmm. going now, and, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're a team. They're out there, like, you know. Because even in season two, you know, when they have their bigger love story, he he helps them, but he's not really side by side with her that much, you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this, watching this, like literally the opening, one of the opening scenes is them, like, combat in combat together, and it was just, like, really charming. <laughs> yeah, I also think... This is the first time for Angel, I at least the impression mm-hmm. I get, is that this is the first time that he is living the crime fighter life. Right, you know, before right. He, before he came to Sunnydale, he was kind of a mess. Then he comes to Sunnydale, and he's sort of not sure. But now he's found his groove. Right. He's, he's, this is what he's doing. But yeah. I think it all goes back to Amends, where he has to kind of really think about yeah. why he was brought back and what's his purpose here, and is it to just kind of sit on the sidelines and let Buffy do her thing, or mm-hmm. is it to actively help? And I think ever since then, and especially since um, uh, uh, the Zeppo, we've seen Angel really stepping into the fight, like like right. actively, not just like giving them a crucial bit of information, right. or you know, because even at the beginning of the season, like you know, he like went off on his own and found the glove of Mitagon and like was going right. to destroy it and all this stuff. But that's not like he wasn't like so. Here's the plan, guys. Not like, involved in the plan, yeah. Right, and I think 
this is how we get to the beginning of the first, even the first episode of Angel, and mm-hmm. it's not a shock to see him on the street fighting right. demons. That's a great because, point. Like, yeah, they've they've very, I think, intentionally changed the dynamic throughout this season yeah. so that you think of Angel that way as like being right. on the front lines and like out fighting. Um, and yeah, it's, this is definitely all set up to get him to leave town because. Um, he and Buffy are talking about, like, they've basically gotten married or will be getting, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, how do you jump from that to, like, not having Angel on the show anymore? So, right, right. Um, like, and this is really where we first, I mean, they've already kind of, we've seen little doubts here and there of, like, you know, what could really happen. But also, mm-hmm. I think this is, with the mayor's speech to them, this is the first instance. I mean, we only have three more episodes after right. this one. <laughs> so this is the first time where they're planting the seeds of doubt where, you know, Angel's thinking... I might not want to be a part of this. And giving them another reason to doubt it other than his soul. Because I feel like up until this point, that's kind of been the main reason for them not to be together. And granted, that's a huge reason. And it is, they have mentioned it. But like, I think that that is something that Buffy seems willing to to move past, right? Like, well, whatever, if we can never sleep together again, because we'll have all those other adventures together. And I think that they did need something else. Some other more you know, just like a slightly bigger reason, right. To like why they can't stay together. Right. Yeah. I mean, she's also 18 and willing yeah. to write that off for the rest of her life, which right. is, you know, naive. Yeah, it, absolutely. I mean, she is being very naive in this episode and the beginning of the next one, but not and in I a way that not in an irritating way, just in a, like, I understand that you really want this to work and it's, it is sad to watch it. Cause you know, it's, you know, it won't. Yeah. And I think for Angel who obviously isn't as naive as Buffy, but I think he's just, desperate to like play along for as right. long as possible as l- because, exactly like, he is the one who's gonna have to leave and do the hard thing because mm-hmm. Buffy won't which yeah. is something that we hear well and she can't yeah well yeah she can't leave but I mean like she won't break up with him. right yeah. right that scene in the graveyard was excruciating to yeah. watch <laughs> yeah, she's was. trying so hard to like put a light spin on it and say yeah. the mayor doesn't know what he's talking about and angels like the look of doom is yeah, coming on his face and clear. he's like oh crap like you know I think especially, too, because the mayor spins it. I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I mean, we know that I love, we all love the mayor, I think. I just forgot every every line of dialogue that they've given him is a work of genius. Like, I, I just love him so much. So, like, again, just to go back to his speech to them, like, he is so effective at pinpointing in, in not that long, you know, he convinces Angel that he needs to break up with Buffy. But it's, like, the fact that he's able to spin it as a, like, it's not just that you guys are going to be sad together, but like angel, how can you do this thing to her? And also like throwing out there like, Oh, is this why you came back to earth? Like just to ruin this girl's life. It's just like, God, I wouldn't have thought to say it that way, but I respect your game mayor. Like that is mean. (laughs) It is. But also, I mean, and and I don't know if he knew it or not, but he's striking right to the heart of like Uh, what would work because we have seen angel kind of thinking about his purpose and why he was brought back in a way that he, when he first came back was kind of like confused and bewildered and just Mm -hmm. like, I think not recovered. And so he was just like, well, this happened, but like now he's actually thinking about why. And the mayor actually says, do you really think this this is the reason? And I don't think that they had come to the conclusion that yes, it was, but I think, you know, Angel was taking that as a a benefit. Yeah. 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 No, I, I agree. But yeah, it's a very, (laughs) yeah. And, and the fact that again, you know, we know that they're planting seeds and that in some ways it's annoying because it's kind of, I think that the tempo of the, or the, not maybe tempo is not the right word, but the, you know, the speed of the Buffy angel, both like ramp up and demise is a little bit too much for me. But in the, on the flip side that they're putting, saying those things now here, four episodes from the end of Buffy, 
that is like huge theme that that stuff becomes the, the whole theme of angel right so it, i do yeah. that is some like effective seed planting here well it is really good i mean it's like a four five episode long like backdoor pilot almost right of exactly like, yeah well i mean actually this whole season i mean like we see the first episode we talked about this where you know buffy's in la and so we're getting a glimpse of like the demon life in la Mm -hmm. and is that purposeful because they know at this point that they're doing this spinoff they're Mm -hmm. probably already know they're setting it in la like they're laying the groundwork very subtly so but all of it serves to like you combine the setting and angels you know new lease on life and then also the reasons he left sunnydale you combine Mm -hmm. that all and you like you can start episode one of angel and you kind of already get the gist right right which is actually really elegant. I mean, a it lot is, of spin-off yeah. pilots are a lot clunkier. They do right. like, those actual backdoor pilot episodes, and they're always weird. And mm-hmm. you know, you're stepping away from your main characters for these new people, and then you go back to the main characters. And I think this is a really good way to do it. Yeah, I think you're right. And yeah. it is funny too. Again, that like I remember when we watched Angel together. Like, I forget how different he was. Yeah. From in, in Buffy, but especially seasons one and two, you know, seasons one and two angel are so, so different from where he is at this point. And I, it it is so easy, you know, again, like having watched so much of it, it does, it doesn't seem that notable to me, but you're totally right to point it out. Just that like, he really has progressed. His motivations are totally different. His attitude is totally different. He's kind of already here again, like with their like jazzy fight scenes, right? Like he is a little bit more the like, comfortable angel that he's going to be in angel versus like broody sad angel that he's been in Buffy yeah and I don't know I think you're right like I don't know that prior to this watch like this round I've ever really noticed like the Mm -hmm. progression because it is really subtle but it is yeah and it's natural yeah Yeah. and it really struck me when we were watching that episode with um was it Balthazar the fat demon Mm -hmm. yeah when angel walks in the room and he's just like his name is Angel, and then he starts fighting, and it's like, that's not something we've ever seen Angel do. Yeah, like, yeah, he's like he's a way like more foreground de- hero. declaring himself, he's like actively in the fight, and he's like drawing all the attention to himself. Like, that was the moment I was like, oh, wow, we've got a show. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like that's going to be something that happens more than once on his own yeah. show. So yeah. that was the first moment where I was like, oh, this is the new Angel. And like, he is also a little bit more like jokey and upbeat, mm-hmm, and like he's still mm-hmm. brooding, but he's not like... It's not his whole life. Yeah. Yeah. He has other things going for him in addition to the brooding instead of the brooding being literally his one characteristic. Yeah. Um, So. But yeah. um, So another thing that I want to say about the mayor, (laughs) uh, and actually this is a a twofold thing, just like well executed, I think, in this episode, the mayor and Oz both lose their tempers in this episode. And that's like, you know, it's notable for both of them. They're both level pretty much all of the time. And so I think that it was a good, you know, that's just like one of those things that you can do when you've like written really thoughtful characters and you know exactly how they behave. There's a lot of payoff in making them do something that's slightly out of character, right? So it's just like in that moment where like they're arguing about whether or not they should go rescue Willow, Oz literally doesn't say anything and then he like throws a knife at the wall or something similar to that. No, he destroys the urn that they were going to use to to destroy the box because he's like basically erasing... Oh my God, yeah, that they don't... He's erasing any possibility that they could do any path except rescue Willow because... I didn't even realize that. I didn't make that connection, but you're totally right. You're right in that they've written he doesn't Oz have to, to the say point, a single thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like you, like you see on his face. Like Seth Green does really well with this. He does like, do well. Yeah, you see he's getting frustrated because like obviously Buffy's not arguing that they should leave Willow there, but like I think Wesley is like 
you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't really get the dynamic even at this point. And so right. he's kind of questioning whether like, I mean, this is like their, I'm going to bring this up because I know you've been watching The Good Place, but their, their <laughs> trolley problem, right? Totally, like, yeah. Do I they mean, save Willow not- or do they save millions of people and like, or thousands of people? And like Oz is getting so frustrated and you see it happening and he just walks up and it's like, problem solved. We have to go yeah. save Willow because we yeah. can't destroy the box. Like, That's very you know. interesting. And, and, and I mean, in what, to Wesley's credit, I don't, he's asking a question that needs to be asked, right? Yeah, like you, absolutely. you do have to say that even if you know that it's not the choice you're going to make. And I would a hundred percent make the choice that they do make, but like, I get it. See, he's got to say it. It's not even just because he doesn't understand the group dynamics so much as it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, if it does end up that now the mayor ascends because we decided to save Willow for five days, then like, I don't know, maybe that wasn't worth it, you know? Um, but yeah, I, obviously I, I'm glad that they that they do save her, but that is impressive. You're right. I totally hadn't pieced together that he was destroying the urn. Ugh, Oz. Yeah, well, it kind of looks like he's just like throwing it at the wall in anger, which he is, but also it's like there, like mm-hmm. I'm, you know, solve, solve the, the problem. problem for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's really powerful, and like because like in Oz's mind, like there's no way they're not gonna get Willow back. Although Willow, we've seen, does she barely needs rescuing. Like she mm-hmm. could have freed herself, except she really wanted to stop. Got lost in the ascension. ascension. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And well, it's the same, just to kind of go back to what I was saying that the mayor, the mayor has a similar outburst where he realizes that his box has been stolen. Right. And he just like freaks out for a second. He sort of leads in with his normal, like jokey joke about it. And then he's like, Oh, by the way, I'm seriously mad about this. So I don't know. I guess he's done that maybe once or twice, but I still think it's effective to be like, oh, he, he really has these multiple sides to him. Yeah. Um, no, and he cares, I mean, cares about getting his mission done. <laughs> I think the mayor was always the most well-rounded villain that mm-hmm. they ever had. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe Glory a little bit more, but she's a little bit more cartoonish. Um, yeah. The no, mayor he's, is definitely yeah. more... Because you know what I think that makes the mayor the best villain is he is human. Yeah. Like, yeah. yes, he wants to turn into a demon, but like essentially at the heart of all of his motivations he's mm-hmm. human and mm-hmm. like i think that makes him the most interesting i agree he's just an evil human yeah well and he is an evil human but then he like has this mentor relationship with faith right and he like it does in some ways take care of the city eh, uh, i can't hang that one yeah as, i was as much stock on that one but a little bit <laughs> that when i first started watching this show i thought faith was the mayor's daughter like, oh really? Because I, think... I hadn't seen like a lot of the rest of the season, so I didn't know like who she was, and mm-hmm. so because like you watch their scenes, if you don't know, like he's talking to her like she's his daughter. Totally, and he yeah. gives her some he, something that he I forget if it was this episode or the prom, but in it must have been this one. But at some point, he there's like a again there was like sort of a parallel conversation that like Giles and Buffy have where he's saying how proud he is that she got into all these schools, and then like a scene before or a scene after the mayor is telling Faith how proud he is. You know, granted, again like. Theirs is a lot more twisted, but like I think the underlying dynamic is is almost the same, you know. So it is kind of it's kind of sweet. It's very paternal. Here's yeah, a plate of so cookies paternal. and exactly. a giant knife. Yeah. yeah. Although, did anyone else notice how she ate a bite of the cookie, put it back on the plate, and then he covered it in like saran wrap? Saran wrap? <laughs> like I was like, she put her cookie back on the plate. It's just like bad prop. Well, yeah. the mayor's like. I just, supposedly such a germaphobe, he would never allow that. I just mm-hmm. assumed it was a fake cookie. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I agree. I think Jenny is just bad management of the set, but like that is character funny. perspective. Yeah, they should have been more careful about that. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh. So, yeah, but so this sets up a lot of the finale and into the next season, and like this is really like the final, like 
episode. It, if you think about it, I mean, a lot happens in this episode, but it is it kind a of lot, a table-setting yeah. episode. Like, it's getting mm-hmm. all the pieces in place for the final showdown. We're going to have the breather of the prom, and then, you know, which kind of takes care of the angel business, but then we're mm-hmm. going we're gonna to get the mayor and everyone. Everyone's ready. Like, the mayor's ready to do his ascension, and they're ready to do battle. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to talk, mention at least one or two more things. Um, so you, you're kind of saying that like, well, Willow could almost take care of herself in this whole scenario. She almost didn't need to be rescued. If not for the fact that she got distracted, she totally could have gotten out. Um, but one of the ways that she does it is by staking a vampire with a floating pencil. And that's like mm-hmm. such good payoff for like, she's been trying to float pencils since the beginning of this season. So but I don't know. I just enjoyed that. That was just her, fun. Her emotional focus was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That whole kidnapping was really funny to me because when they were on the roof and she does her spell and then she leaves I said Mm -hmm. to Allie I couldn't remember exactly what happened but I said well this isn't going to end well for Willow they just (laughs) sent her off into the night alone okay I I was like oh yeah she's getting kidnapped and then you know it was just really funny watching her wander around and then she's like oh I'm just going to read these 15 books while I should be running out of the building and I was Mm -hmm. just laughing because it's so Willow yeah (laughs) She can't tear herself away. Yeah, but it is a, you're right, it's a badly thought out plan to just be like, okay, don't wait here, just go back down the ladder without any protection. Yeah. And we'll, we're assuming there's no one on guard that will kidnap you. Yeah. At night, it's yeah. probably not a human. Yeah. And that is a little <laughs> bit stupid. Although, interestingly, I do like when, after Willow is reading the books and Faith catches her, like, and their exchange, like, Willow doesn't back down. Like, yeah. she's not cutting Faith any slack. Like, Faith is, again, playing the I'm the poor victim card, and Willow's just, like, not here for that. Like, mm-hmm. she's like, no, you're not. Like, you just, you're just you just an idiot who made a lot of bad choices, and, like, Buffy's better, and, like, she's really pissing Faith off, but... Right. Yeah. Well, but she knows I, she's I, got a floating pencil in her back pocket, <laughs> and she'll be fine. Um, but I also, like, I feel like... This also could this could definitely just be what I wanted to see in that scene, but I feel like they are doing a good job of balancing that. Like Willow is, she is scared to have that confrontation with Faith because she's just working through it, and I feel like that's like a f- subtle distinction that makes it more meaningful to me. Of like, oh, it's not just that she's, you know, like because Buffy isn't often that scared about going into battle because she knows she has these superpowers. So it's like watching Willow stand up for herself and for Buffy. It's just a little, you know, it just had a little more weight to it when she's like, she's, she's scared, but she's working through it. Not that she's like, just fine with it now. No, I think you're right. I think, I mean, there's a lot of good, like one-on-one scenes. Mm -hmm. I did like that scene. Yeah. Man, Mm. it's so weird. This is an episode I really don't ever remember that much about. Same. I forget that it happens until I started watching it and I remembered it, but like, yeah. Um, well, and to go back to what you mentioned early on that I left out of my summary, the, one of the like named choices in this episode is that at the very end, you know, we've, we found out at the beginning of the episode that Willow has literally gotten into every college. Like she got into MIT, she got into Harvard, she got into Oxford, like Willow can go wherever she wants to go. And at the end of this episode, she decides to stay in Sunnydale as well. And they like that exchange between her and Buffy is just so sweet. And also just again, like really meaningful that like, I do think that Willow is probably staying a little more for Buffy than she lets on, but she's also not lying when she says that like, Oh, I want to fight evil. So like, I'm going to stay in Sunnydale and do it here where there's tons of evil. So. Well, I think this is something we've talked about before where she's faced with this choice of, you know, in the last few years, she's really found this cause that she believes Mm -hmm. in and she's been helpful in, and she can stay and continue that because this is a great place to, 
you know, continue with the magic training and, like, actually become a weapon in the fight against evil. Or she can go to any of the, you know, tons of colleges that, you know, accepted her and she can... Mm -hmm kind of go the path that she was going down before of, like, super smart academic willow mm-hmm. and, like, basically the more traditional path, but she chooses magic over academics. Like, mm-hmm. I think she is staying a little bit for Buffy, but I think also this is a very good continuation of what we've seen in the entire season where Willow is just really getting into the magic. And right, right. I think, you know, she probably would have continued studying it anyway, but, like, she can kind of in some ways make a very selfish choice on her own part and like yeah. stay and do the thing that she really wants to do but frame it as like oh I'm you know gonna stay for my friend and to fight right. I and mean to all fight. that's yeah. true but I think right, like, right. she now she gets to study the thing that she really wants and I mean you could probably also argue that magic is academically rigorous and difficult and so sure. um, she is getting a valuable education in that sense but maybe not a little more traditional mm-hmm. and luckily she doesn't have parents who care yeah absolutely right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it does seem like they'd be annoyed that she's not going to Harvard or Oxford. <laughs> I mean, if they think about it for more than, like, five seconds. It's like, true. Yeah. Because yeah. we've seen the hor- horror that is Willow's mother, so. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, I mean, I'm sure in Oz would probably go where Willow goes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were talking about if Oz got in anywhere, if he didn't apply, but. He I, must I think have, at this point, aren't they still worried he's not going to graduate? Or was that last <laughs> no, that was, he, he's already repeating his oh, senior okay. year, so. That's right, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously he gets into Sunnydale, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Sunnydale's so small and yet it has a branch of University of California. I know. That's what I don't get. Like, and she's also saying like, um, she wants to live on campus cause it's too far to go every day. And right, I'm like, right, right. But in the very first episode, Cordelia said, you don't have a lot of town here. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You can yeah. walk everywhere except the college campus. Unless yeah. it's like one of those things where they call it like after a town, but it's like right, far but it's on a f- the outskirts of the, the city town. next to it. Yeah. So it's on the um, other side of all the graveyards. Yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, you know, that was Cordelia's interpretation of how small the town was. So, you yeah. know, she Cordelia wants it to be L.A. and it's not. But also, how big how big ta- can this town actually be? Buffy's been walking all over it for I the know, last few I know, years. I like, know. <laughs> and, also, and we'll like, continue to do so for the rest of the show. Yeah. Like, I think the only time we ever heard of the university was in, like, that one episode with the frat party. But, like... Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But they it's never true. mention it again. And then now it's like conveniently there's a, there's a university in town. So <laughs> to be fair, again, there are a lot of California universities. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that part checks out. I'm going to find out if there's a real UC Sunnydale and no. if I can major in staying. <laughs> there is not. Um, <laughs> but there anyway. is a Sunnydale. <laughs> there is a Sunnydale. It's not that far south. No, it's like basically San Francisco. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. okay. Are we ready to move on to the prom? Yes. Okay. I, Claire, Claire seems really eager to talk about okay. the prom. It's just a much better episode, <gasps> I think. It, yeah, So it much is. less happens, but I think emotionally and character-wise, yeah. you're right. Yeah. I mean, I almost didn't take any notes while we were watching it because I was, it was the same as when we watched the season two finale where I was like, I just have to watch it. Like, I have to be immersed in this I know, and I have I to started, just watch it not taking notes yeah so I, I like actually ended up taking a lot but um i probably won't really mention them but um okay, <laughs> okay. so it's it's the prom <laughs> and um buffy wants angel to take her and you know everyone's making their plans and 
really like this entire episode of like you know they're all they're still trying to figure out what's going on with the ascension but Buffy's adamant that they all take a break from mm-hmm. trying to stop the mayor and enjoy this one last moment of high school probably mm-hmm. likely you know could be last moment of their lives that they get to do this if the ascension actually happens um so she wants everyone to kind of take a moment and enjoy it and um so we get everyone doing their various prom plans like Buffy's trying to coordinate with Angel and Angel's a little bit confused because he's an ancient vampire and forgot (laughs) about the prom and um you know Xander gets asked to the prom by Anya who comes back and um you know Willow and Xander or Willow and Oz are figuring all their stuff out um but the big thing that happens in the background of all of this is like Angel breaks up with Buffy because Mm -hmm. Joyce comes to talk to Angel and she's worried about Buffy's future you know, I think rightly so. She's probably already aware now that Buffy's staying in Sunnydale. And mm-hmm. she tells Angel, you know, Buffy's in love, She's, but she's young. She doesn't really understand how young she is and what she might want. And she doesn't have a future with you. And now mm-hmm. we've seen the mayor basically say the same thing to them. So Angel actually really takes it to heart and he breaks yeah. up Buffy and he tells her that he's leaving town. So Buffy's <laughs> obviously shocked and, you know extremely upset by this but she decides that even so like everyone else is still going to have a good prom mm-hmm. um but but then they also find out that some random guy has been training <laughs> hellhounds to kill people in formal wear because <laughs> he asked a girl out on a date and she to the prom and she said no yeah um sure so um they figure this is going on so buffy decides she's gonna go stop the hellhounds and everyone she sends everyone else to the prom and she takes care of the hellhounds, like, pretty easily, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she gets to They're the prom. They're not the focus, yeah. Yeah. She gets to the prom, and the class gives her the class protector award hmm. because they have the lowest death rate of any graduating class in Sunnydale history. <laughs> it is my favorite moment of the entire series. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or one of them, I guess. I probably yeah. will say that more as we go. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> and then Angel shows up at the prom to have one last dance with Buffy, Mm-hmm. And we fade out on on Buffy and Angel's relationship. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, that, not a lot happens in this episode. No, it's, it's not. literally just the lead up to the prom. And um, Xander discovers that Cordelia is now poor. And oh, her yeah. father lost all their money because he didn't pay his taxes for the past 11 years. Mm-hmm. And so now Cordelia can't go to any of the colleges that she got into. And she's working to try to save up money to buy a prom dress. But this is just another example of now this is how they're going to dispatch with Cordelia. Like, she's not right. going to college with the rest of them because she can't afford it. And so mm-hmm. this is... They don't really overtly say it, but this is kind of the backstory that we're getting laid for, like, Cordelia showing up in right. Angel. in Angel. Yep. Yeah. There was also, I think, nothing left for her to do Absolutely. on this show. I mean, yeah. I think we've talked about this before. The arc that she takes in this season, I think the first half of the season is great because she's, like, fully in the group. We see her kind yeah. of falling in love with Xander despite, like, you know, her best intentions. And then it's like once she breaks up with, with Xander, you kind of realize why they got them together in the first place because there's no reason for Cordelia to be there. Like, she right, shows right. up every now and then to get them out of a tight spot or, like, pitch in and help, but, like... Her personality takes a turn for the worse. Like, she just becomes mm-hmm. bitch girl. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, she becomes very one-dimensional. Yeah. And she got that weird thing going on with Wesley now. Yeah. So, you know. Oh, he's such a weenie. Yeah. It's the so one thing right. that I, I mean, would like was... to veto from this episode. <laughs> yeah. There was literally nothing else for them to do with Cordelia because she fits into the high school world, but what's the reason for bringing her along to college? Mm-hmm. 
Like, why would she hang out with them in college? And they she, have had a hard, yeah, they have had yeah. a hard time getting her back into the gang if she's not dating Xander. Or Absolutely. not even if she's not dating Xander, but because they dated and broke up, like, it's even yeah. more awkward for her to still be like, well, but I believe in your cause and I'll just be here, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's a good point. <sighs> but yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, this episode's wonderful. <laughs> It's a great moment. It is a great breather. I think it's a necessary breather, not just because, well, yeah, I mean, because they're going to face all these dark things, but it is a necessary moment. Like you're saying, like it gives Angel and, and Cordelia kind of an exit moment, which is nice. Yeah. Like, like it would feel weird if they hadn't had one bit of happiness for them before they left. <laughs> absolutely. And we kind of get a lot of closure on these two relationships. Yeah, like exactly. Xander finally does something nice selflessly that he doesn't Literally. get anything back in return. He yeah. buys Cordelia her prom dress you know, she, you kind of can see, like, she forgives him and, like, yeah. she's accepted because that is the way to Cordelia's heart is to just buy her clothes. And, <laughs> um, but it works. Like, it's a nice button on their history. And I think we, it is, too. And I think that you have to take a separate episode to kind of close the door on Buffy and Angel because to try to cram that into the finale is just going to be too much. And so... Or it just wouldn't have felt... You wouldn't... If you, if you don't give her that time to cry about it, you know, it wouldn't have felt real. <laughs> like, if it had just happened in the background, the way that he ends up leaving... Yeah, I would have totally been like, but what happened? <laughs> yeah, but I think so most importantly, like... you do like, have to have a whole breakup episode. Yeah, she needs to work through her feelings, but then we also get that, like, we can have that redemptive moment where, like, you're not angry at Angel. Like, it's a, right, you know, right. that sweet scene. Like, he knows the prom's important. He shows up and does the whole guy in a tuxedo dance Aww. with her kind of thing. She gets her one perfect high school about moment. It. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm... Yeah, I... <laughs> I seriously, like, when, um, at the beginning of that scene where Jonathan starts talking, I turned to Claire and said, you have to forgive me. I usually watch this in private, but, yeah. like, <laughs> I was immediately crying. Like, that oh, is one of, like, two scenes in television that will reliably get me to just yeah. start crying. More than any relationship drama, more than Agreed. anyone dying on the show ever, it's just, that's the moment that makes me cry. And Claire, I think, now would like to say something about Buffy's crying. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if you heard me laughing. I burst out laughing when she said she was going to die because Angel broke up with her. It is so bad. Like, it's so melodramatic. And I think this is me being older than I was when Buffy Mm -hmm. or the character she's playing is that I just just burst out laughing when she She said she thought she was going to die because... She's, she was like, she's like, it's going to get better right now. I'm just feeling I'm going to die. And Claire literally like was like cackling. Like, it, I mean, I was kind of chuckling too. It's just ridiculously. It's, I mean, this is what no, we're talking about. See, I'm it's so melodramatic. Though. I love that scene. I think it totally makes sense. Not oh because my God, it's the she's thing crying over now. her yeah, 243-year-old like, boyfriend who... I don't know. I, I mean, I think it totally tracks. I think as a yeah. young girl, like, this is the, you know, she I, really loves Angel. He broke up with her. Of course, that's how she's reacting. It's just yeah. a little bit overwrought, I think. Yeah. And I think I for me like coming in, think, I'm not watching these in succession like yeah. you guys right, are. Right, so right. I just found it way over the top. I, because I think compare it to the scene where he shows up <clears> at the prom and they're dancing and, like, they're, they're not even saying anything. And, like, mm-hmm. it's totally more affecting, I think, than whatever she's telling Willow. But... I mean, I do think we have to see that scene because, like, of course, that's how Buffy would react. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, agree to disagree, though. I like that <laughs> scene. I think it is to- I was totally over the top, but it does. I think it's one of the only times it's one of the only things that in for t- in TV history for me that makes me and I didn't watch it when I was 16. But like, it's something that I watch and then I remember feeling that way when I was young and just being like, oh, that's right. That's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst and it is terrible and you don't know how it's going to get better because you don't, you've never lived through something like that getting better. You know, it does feel like your world's ending. Yeah. Um, 
Whereas like, yeah, now nothing, <laughs> I have no feelings anymore because I'm numb to everything. So like I enjoy somebody being so vulnerable and sad. So um, do you think that, I think we talked about this a little bit before, but how do we feel about Joyce basically going to Angel and telling him to break up with Buffy? You know, I don't think we good. have talked about that. I Well, that's actually the thing that I brought up the last time I was on the podcast. I said to Allie, I think, I don't remember how it came up in conversation, but I think mm-hmm. I said the first time around, I remember being kind of mad at Joyce, like, run right. out, lady. And now I was like, yes, you're doing the right thing. Somebody yeah. needs to tell them this. Right. And you know, she's wise enough to read the situation and know that it's not going to be Buffy. So yeah. I I didn't have a problem with it. No, I think you're saying that's like actually it, yeah. really good parenting. Yeah, like, I agree. She's there taking care of Buffy in a way that Buffy doesn't even realize she needs. And Buffy would be yeah. furious if she ever found out that Joyce had done this, but mm-hmm. she's right. Like, well, And I think uh, Buffy will find out that she's right. Especially given the way that Angel reacts to it, which is to admit that she's right. You know, he doesn't, he's not mad that she's there either. Well, he's already doubting this himself. Of course, Like, we of see course. him already kind of questioning this, and, you know, Buffy's talking about getting a drawer at his place, and, like, next year, and all this stuff, and you can kind of see Angel's, like, Buffy's not. making all these plans, and Angel's just full of doubts, because, mm-hmm. you know, and Buffy tries to even say, like, is this because of what the mayor said? Like, it doesn't matter what he said, like, he's the bad guy. But, like, that's a very naive thing to say, is, like, he's not right. wrong just because he's the bad guy. Like, right. he said it because he's the bad guy, but what he said wasn't necessarily wrong. Um, but, and I, and again, I think, I, I was actually just going to say that, too. I think for the show, it is important to have another character voice the same opinion, because it is, in in the terms of fiction, it does matter who's saying something, you know? So it, it would be a little bit too easy to write it off as, like, well, maybe the mayor was just saying that to get under their skin. It is important, I think, to have somebody else reiterate that like if, if if everything he said wasn't true most of it was and other people are having the same feelings well we kind of see the way Giles reacts to the news too is like he's sad for Buffy but he's also mm-hmm. like not surprised and honestly he almost looks a little relieved yeah. like he's yeah. kind of like oh okay like you know he's, he's sorry but he's not like that bastard like how dare he you know he's just like right. oh I get it like he was waiting for this yeah yeah um yeah, I, I do think also surprised. think it an interesting, I think that this is correct, but I think that it's interesting that, you know, I'm on the record repeatedly defending Buffy for being able to kill Angel at the end of season two, but that, so like, that's a choice that she's totally capable of making. It's this one that is like just more about maturity, you know, that she can't do. But I think, I mean, well, I think it's This is Angel true. killing Buffy for her own good. Right. In a way. Right. Yeah. 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 No, but I think the difference is, like, she had to kill Angel because if she didn't, the world ends. Like, there's mm-hmm. literally no choice. Here right. she has a choice. And right. she's making the selfish one until it's made for her. But, right. um, you know, because you can tell she's thought about it. She's just dismissed it all as, like, unimportant yeah. and they'll get through it and, like, you know. Um, well, and again, I think she's just young enough to to believe that, like, if she tries hard enough, she can get through that stuff. Yeah. Whereas like Angel, clearly he's the oldest person on the show. Like he knows that he knows that that's not true. Which is crazy because we've already kind of seen she can't get through some of that stuff. Like she, you see how she reacts when Angel had to pretend to be with Faith and like mm-hmm. that's she true. Didn't handle that well, and it's like, I mean, I don't think she's as prepared as she thinks she is. But exactly. I think that's the point. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and for all of her maturity and all of her experience, that this is the one thing that she doesn't she has doesn't have an experience in. Um. <laughs> so the thing that I laughed about that is unnecessary and uh, for me was the scene. This episode opens up with like Angel having this dream about getting married to Buffy, right? Mm-hmm. And she like bursts into flames, and he's you know it's, it's symbolic of how he feels like oh no this is what I'm doing to her and blah 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 blah. Um, 
there's some, you know, interesting fashion choices going on in that whole scene. Notably, when he puts the ring on her, like he marries her and he puts the wedding ring on her finger, she's wearing a thumb ring on her other hand. And I like <laughs> couldn't get past it. I was like, Buffy, take that thumb ring off. Like, why did we do thumb rings? Number one. And number two, did we not make an exception to like, but when you get married and there's this other important ring, like just get that other one out of the shot. Why is that there? Yeah, maybe on your wedding day, don't wear the other rings on your finger. Yeah, also, what are you doing? It was just some like cheap stainless steel thumb ring too. It wasn't like, I mean, because you can't have another The worst part kind. about that, Ginny, is that Angel dreamed Buffy was wearing a yes. thumb ring. Yes, <laughs> is that what he thinks of her? <laughs> or is that accurate to her? I don't know who to be bad for, but I'm mad about it regardless. <laughs> I did like the wedding dress though. Yeah. Uh, I'm medium about it. <laughs> so um, much boobs in that dress. So speaking of uh, other couples and funny things, so mm-hmm. Anya comes back to right. ask Xander to the prom. Um, and we kind of get a little bit of a retcon of why she's still around and what she's doing. So apparently getting stuck in this um, persona. young body like and persona, like because once she's stuck, I guess she starts to feel it, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit more acutely of like the actual like person that she is. Um, but it's interesting that she asks Xander to the prom and Xander says yes and not two, three episodes ago, Anya actually tried to kill Willow. And they're all yeah, a little bit yeah. like, Willow's not happy about it, but she's yeah. giving him grief in more of a like, this is another idiotic decision kind of way. Not so much of a, yeah. remember that time she tried to kill us all? Like, it's a little weird. Well, they I just mean, and that's kind of emblematic it. of the whole, the whole Xander, you know, um, what's the word? Paradox. Of, like, he hates Angel for this thing that he himself... He hates Buffy for doing things that he himself does more than once. So, yeah, yeah I think you're right. That I think that's the writers just cutting him slack. And, I mean, and more so, I think I mean, it's the writers is, wanting to get a new, new character in there. But... And they think it's funny. So... I mean, at this point, I'm not sure is, yeah. where they were going with Anya because she... You know, we see her come in for the Vengeance Demon episode. And then we see her um, come back for the one-off trying to, you know, this is how we get the doppelganger back. And I could see right. bringing her back for those two episodes, for that one episode, so you have a two-episode arc. Yeah. But they must have just really liked Emma Caulfield at this point yeah. because why even bring her back as Angel's date? And then, you know, she'll kind of serve a small purpose in the next episodes. Right. But um, I don't know if they had that planned out or if they were like, oh, this kind of works neatly. And then it's like, obviously, she comes back for future seasons. Well, she also yeah. provides the role of the resident other creature who right. has knowledge that Angel would provide. Yeah. True, true, You've got to have a character on a show like this who knows about a little bit about everything and who's been around and mm-hmm. who's lived. It just, I think that element really works in the show, and if you get rid of Angel, you kind of have to fill that role. Well, you're not wrong. I think she is filling the Angel role and in some ways also filling the Cordelia role of mm-hmm. the comic relief who always says the wrong thing. And for different reasons. Anya, because right. she doesn't have a filter, because she doesn't know she's supposed to, and Cordelia didn't have one because she didn't care right so she is sort of blending angel and cordelia hmm interesting yeah yeah that totally makes sense yeah um okay but i guys we have to talk about the most important thing of this entire episode buffy wore jeans twice (laughs) and they weren't overalls and they weren't overalls she actually wore jeans i'm well she reclaimed those sad overalls so she can't wear them anymore for this for the breakup that would have been her go-to choice, but she made those powerful again, so they're not appropriate. Yeah. But did you notice in the sewers she was wearing She jeans. was wearing jeans in the sewers. And they were kind of cute. They were. And then she was wearing jeans. I like, like that sweater she, she had on, too. Yeah. And then she, she had another cute sweater on with a pair of, like, black boot-cut jeans at some point in the library. 
I don't remember those ones. And I was like, oh my God, they put Buffy in jeans twice. Uh, Alex would not stop telling me that they needed to change their clothes before they went in the sewer. And I was like, they literally do this every episode. They're in all kinds of places wearing their normal clothes. It's the whole point of the show. Buffy runs in heels all the yeah, time. Yeah, I know. I was like, it's the whole thing. And he was like, but they're going to smell like the sewers. So I was like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Ugh. No, he the mayor is making make sure that insight. Sunnydale only has fresh, clean smelling sewers. Yeah, that's actually probably true. They seemed um, in kind of a dry part of the sewer. Yeah, it wasn't super messy. Yeah. Not a lot of, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure where you want to jump next. Though. I have a couple things to say. So. I think I'm, I'm mostly done, but. If oh, you, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we only, okay. I feel like we only talked about the stuff at the prom, but didn't like get into it. Okay. Um, yeah. I, so number one, speak going off this like fashion tangent. Um, I, I like everybody's dresses. I think they all look nice. Uh, the, (laughs) the one thing that strains credulity for me in this episode is that Buffy can, I mean, again, this is like sort of her thing. It's literally the argument I was just making, but like she kills these hellhounds and then has her gym bag with her and like gets ready in the like school bathroom for the prom and like looks bad. Her dress isn't wrinkled. wrinkled. Her, she done her, has done her hair differently and it's not an updo. I don't buy that. And also for all of these, like, yeah, she is going to smell like dead dogs. She's literally has to go bury them. <laughs> okay. Also, I get it. I get it. It has to happen, but I want to go on record. I'm not happy I about not like Buffy's prom dress. Oh, okay. I mean, it's not my favorite, but I think it's fine. Yeah. I think she looks nice. Yeah. I think she looks nice. She looks it's nice. It's very nineties. Like, yeah. But she looks like it's 1999. Yeah. Somebody probably did. It looks like what someone would wear on like the red carpet, but I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I do I think, think she had to stand out. It's a pretty yeah. color, but I don't much love the dress. Okay. I do like Willow's. I thought Willow looked very cute. Yeah. I even um, like Cordelia's. Yeah. It's very cool. I like hers, but less. Although, I feel like in the last few episodes, I don't know what happened, but Charisma Carpenter looks 10 years older. Like, I don't know yeah. if it's because they keep dressing her like a teacher or like... Maybe. <laughs> Actually, I think it is that. I think you're right. Um... So the I other said thing that, that when she walked up at that one time mm. in that one episode, I said, "Oh, I thought she was a teacher." Yeah, she's first. dressed like one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's interesting that they have Jonathan be the one who gives her the class protector award. But I guess I just think it's nice that we see that Jonathan's like recovered a little bit socially. You know, he has a date to the prom, and he's there in some sort of he's on the prom committee. Right. That's why he's giving that speech at the end. But because only a few episodes ago was earshot where he was like suspended and stuff. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, he was suicidal. So it's nice that he is seems to have made a lot of progress in a short time. Well, I think it makes total sense because I think it's also, you know, he's the one background player that we've exactly. gotten to see a lot. And then also we just most recently explicitly saw her rescue him. So mm-hmm. like when he's giving out the class protector award, like it's, it's also more meaningful from a personal point as well. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing that um, I read online that, you know, this is also just putting two and two together. Cause we talked about this when earshot earshot didn't air nor in the normal schedule because, mm-hmm. because of Columbine. So when this first aired on TV, that hadn't happened. Right. So it didn't really, I guess I'm just saying that like originally people would have kind of missed that extra dynamic to like why Jonathan's the one giving her that award. So that's a little bit sad but you know now that we can watch it forever on dvd and streaming um we get to see it in its right order and i can cry over and over and over and over again yeah it's so touching i mean it's like it's the i think i think for me it's like it's the one thing she always talked about was like right it's her one dream yeah like no one noticed her she wasn't part of it she never got these 
great moments of like mm-hmm. being just in high school and then out of the blue out of nowhere it's like turns out people did notice that she mm-hmm. was always weirdly like you know chasing off weird demons or weird guys with funny faces mm-hmm. and like saving people's lives and like always kind of there to help and like you know they decide I guess he said it was just a bunch of write-in ballots yeah it's like it's really cool yeah Oh, it's so sweet. It's such a good speech, too. And I really like the part where they have, like, where he says something about, like, oh, we always know there's, like, weird things here, and everyone starts shouting out all the weird things, and then some, yeah. like, class clown says Snyder. Yeah. I mean, that's just, like, very high school, but it's funny. Yeah. But also, um, like, the look on Giles' face when she I gets know. it. So it's just, all of it combines. I'm just, like, a mess. Yeah. So. Um, and and the, all that said that I also still... Depending on my mood, I also cry a lot when Angel shows up because it's just sweet, and I I think it is a very nice fin- you know finale to their relationship to just say that like I like that she's for having all of her naivete and her like kind of immaturity that she's been showing the last two episodes regarding their relationship. I think it's nice to see her get to a point where she knows why and accepts all the reasons. You kind of said this stuff before, but I just think it's I think it's nice. But I also really love in TV when somebody shows up for someone else, you know, well, like, and she said, I can't have one high school experience. Exactly. And he gives that to her. Exactly. Yeah. She gets two at the prom. She gets yeah. an award, like a superlative and she gets angel to show up and have that dance with her. Mm-hmm. And also I do think she makes a lot of progress from being just absolutely crushed to like, he shows up and she knows it's not like, he's mm-hmm. not changing his mind. It's not anything. It's just a gesture yeah. to be there. And, yeah. um, you know, it is a lovely scene, and the music choice is excellent. I know you love that song. <laughs> I, I love that cover of it, too. I so, know. Yeah. I mean, I do, too. Who am I kidding? Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's... That's a good episode. I mean, it's like, I feel like I didn't have as much to say about this whole thing, because I feel like, generally, it is a slight episode. There's not mm-hmm. a whole not... lot that happens. Yeah. But I think in my overarching memory of this entire series, The Prom is one of those episodes that is, like... A big standout. Yeah, it's it's a pretty epic episode. Mm-hmm, I, I agree. Like and I think because it wraps up so many storylines and then we're just everything, like, we take this breath, this romantic breath, if you will, mm-hmm. and then we, we're ready to just see what happens with the mayor. Yeah, you don't even see Faith or the mayor in this episode. Right, you right. Know, I no, forget what other... guy named Tucker who I only ever remember because then later they because of Andrew. about Andrew <laughs> as Tucker's brother. <laughs> That's totally true. Which they never even then... I don't even remember if they clarify who Tucker is. They do. He Andrew definitely like names it. Yeah. Like he's like the prom something blah blah blah. Um, yeah, I feel like we had a similar. I can't remember which episode it was. It might have been the season two finale, or maybe it was something else. But like, this isn't this isn't the first time that we've talked about an episode and been like, what had it be one where on paper not very much happens. Like the summary, right? There's like Buffy Buffy and Angel break up and they go to the prom and there's dogs and she kills them. Like that's the whole, that's, nothing else happens in this episode. And it's also not very like, it's not symbolic. It's not all like a commentary on anything. Everything that happens is more or less just played for straight value, but it is just, yeah. Like I, I really do love this about TV that when you have some, a longer story that you're able to tell, sometimes you can just be so effective with so little. I mean, I think that's just like, that is the strength of television, right? Like you can't do that in a movie. It doesn't, you would never be able to make a scene like this work or, you know, cause you need the whole episode to make it work, but you don't anyway. Yeah. I just think it's and nice you know that we've had this before. So much worse. And I'm so grateful every time I watch that they didn't do this. This is imagine if Buffy and Angel were dancing and then we get a montage of the history of their relationship. Oh God. Oh, it yeah. never even occurred to me. 
Ew, but who did but that? You, no, who did but that you know you? a lesser show would do that. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Like, we don't need it. We're already thinking it. Like, let yeah. us do it ourselves, you know? It would yeah. just be Buffy crying. <laughs> Probably. Buffy killing Angel. Angel yeah. killing that guy in the woods. Close your eyes. Sad overalls. <laughs> Sad overalls all the time. Yeah, mm. really, we just need a, a montage of Buffy and her sad overalls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I kind of want to wear I don't remember overalls. if we ever see them again. I don't think so. Oh, rip sad overalls. Yeah. Well, she's graduated to real people jeans now, so that's fine. <laughs> she's graduated to her casual Friday look. <laughs> yeah. She's an adult now. Well, she's been literally in business casual, or not even business casual, like business dress, like, all season, so... Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what happens when her dad doesn't take her shopping and her mom takes her shopping. She goes to, like, <laughs> you know, Ann Taylor or something. <laughs> so. um, mm. Well, that's the prom. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to the finale. Me too. I love it. it. I love everything about finale. it. What so, was that? I said it's my favorite finale. Yeah, Claire, for do you sure. have anything, like, generalized that you want to say about season three? I like season three. <laughs> I'm that's so in-depth in thinking that was, about that. That was my lead-in, setting you up for where I was going with that. No, I like season three because I think you guys have talked about this before. Season one is kind of a throwaway, and season two, it starts to really hit its stride. But I think season three is really strong mm-hmm. from start to finish. They set the mayor up so early, and they build it. It's like a crescendo. Like, mm-hmm. you, like you Rarely do you have a TV series... That I, or at least that I enjoy, that has this many episodes, but right. I think it's effectively done. And then you get this gangbusters finale that I always really enjoy, I, and the climactic battle between Buffy and Faith. There's a lot to look forward to in the last couple of episodes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and I always watch this season, and then I start season four, and it's kind of like oh. <laughs> now they're in college, and it's it's inevitably and, and a different dynamic. Like, oh, the initiative, <laughs> yeah. But it just it's a, it's the last time that I think, for me anyway, that lighthearted spirit is kind of still sticks around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but maybe that's because it's the last time they're like children. Yeah, right. So, so I like season three. Yeah. Well said. Ginny, <laughs> um, do you have any uh, pop culture? No. Yeah. I've got uh, one. I, no, I do not. Claire, Claire, what do you have? I thought long and hard about this Ooh. because I, I knew I was going to be put on the spot. Um, Oregon Trail oh. is now oh, a I card saw your game. Pictures. Have you seen this, Jenny? I haven't seen it. It's so I mean, fun. I, yeah. It, I saw your pictures, so that was... It's, it's just as impossible as the computer game. It's yeah. just as devastating. Press spacebar, so you die. You get dysentery <laughs> all the time. So it's an interesting setup. It's a card game, so everybody gets cards. You get mm-hmm. trail cards, and you get... Um, I'm not going to be able to explain this very well. You get trail cards, and you get um, supply. supply cards. Mm-hmm. And so everybody has to lay down a card, and that's sort of how you make the trail. And each card, some of them might be blank. Some of them might say, press spacebar, pick up a calamity card. And uh-huh. so that's where you put the trail card down and then you pick up a card and it says you've died of dysentery or you have a snake bite. Somebody has to cure you. So it's kind of interesting like that. And it's just, it's just as hard to get to the end. And it's nice because everybody plays together. That's what I was just going to ask. Oh, you're all building one. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, pandemic where you're like trying to beat the game. Yeah. 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 The goal is to just have one person survive all the way to Oregon. 
Okay. So it's really interesting, and you could pick it up at Target. It's like nine dollars. So, nice. but we played so many rounds last weekend, and I think the furthest we got was slightly past halfway. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. I never. I don't think I ever made it past like whatever the first round is in that game. <laughs> it's granted, hard. I didn't have a lot of time to play it because we only. I know I only had it at like at school, so like only when we had like free time in the computer lab was I able to play it. But I was not good at it. I think they did a good job modernizing it mm-hmm. to a game that everybody can play, but keeping yeah. the nostalgia factor high. Yeah. I think the most important thing about that was they made it impossible. And, like, that's, yeah. that's why everyone's so nostalgic about that game was because, like, nobody ever no one ever beat it. Trail. Like, you, you just died of dysentery or yeah. cholera or, like, whatever. And, like, it's still the I case never had the enough game. meat. Like, you cannot go into it if you get cranky, if you lose all the time, mm-hmm. because, like, you will. Like, that's funny. something bad will happen to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a good suggestion. I also really, I love, like, really, I like more involved games, but I also sometimes like something that's just, like, 10 bucks and you can fit it in your purse. It's pretty involved for a $10 game. Yeah. There's a whole huge book of directions that you absolutely have to read. Is the game small, though? Like, is the package small, or is it a large box? It's a small, it's a box, though. Like, it's not, like, love letters small, but it's it's pretty small. It's just, like, three But it's not, like, Ticket to Ride big. No, there's no board. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just three, cards. three decks yeah. of cards and a die. Nice. Okay. Yeah. No, I like that. I guess that's what I meant. Sometimes is like something that's transportable. Um, I will mm. also say that we've been playing Batman Love Letter. It's oh yeah, fun. I saw the mask. You have a mask. That did not come with the game, but, right? No, it did not. Okay. <laughs> no, Ryan owned that. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought, but I was like, maybe. Okay. No, that was Ryan's previously owned Batman cowl that he made us all wear the first okay. time. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess, I do I guess love I'll, love letter. I'll hop on with Oregon Trail. I don't really have anything beyond that. So Yeah. I've just had some crazy weeks, and I'm still making my way through the um, Golden Compass series. It continues to be wonderful. I love it. Uh, but I am Are still a reader. Are you on the Subtle Knife yet? Yeah, I'm in the middle of the Subtle Knife. I never read those. Really? Oh I my got, god! I started the first book and I <gasps> don't finish your sentence. Yeah. Oh no, they're so good. Maybe I'll p- try to pick it up again at some point. I just, at the time, was wasn't very interested. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it was a long time ago. Yeah, they're good books. Yeah, I might I might pick it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying looking for it. something to read that's entertaining. Yeah. So Claire, what team are you on this week? Oh. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Team Joyce. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Me it's too. A good one. Um, I think I'm going to be Team Willow because she almost she escaped was so... by herself. Yeah, that was And my... she got the pages of the Book of Ascension. Right. That was clutch. And she reveals it in a really badass way, <laughs> casually. Or should I be Team Oz because he threw the urn against the wall? Ooh. Yeah. This is a tough week, but I think Claire wins. Team Joyce. What uh, are you, Jenny? I'm for, I think this is the first time I've said this, but I'm going to be Team Angel this week. Yes. He shows up in that tuxedo and he makes the whole thing. And, and he, he breaks makes up with the hard decision. Yep. Yeah. So. Like, we're actually happy with Angel for breaking exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Especially as adults. <laughs> yeah, as I adults all watching this teen series, like, good job, Angel. You did the right thing. Good yeah. job, Joyce. Way to parents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the difference 10 years can make. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll talk to you, Allie, next week. But thanks for being on our podcast, Claire. Oh, you're welcome. Next time, I better be able to talk about Spike.
Well, <laughs> hey, that's on you. You got to coordinate that schedule. So <laughs> there'll be many of opportunities next season. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye, Jenny. Bye. Bye. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Jenny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at omwcpodcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com.